With much of the world's attention focused on Palestinian missile attacks on Israel and Israeli bombing attacks in Gaza, a secondary front has broken out in cyberspace as the hacktivist group Anonymous launches distributed denial of service and other cyber attacks against Israeli sites. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be speaking with Amichai Shulman, co-founder and chief technology officer of Imperva, where he leads the IT security providers research center. Amichai joins us from Tel Aviv. Welcome, Amichai. Thank you, Eric. Uh, you gained a lot of expertise on cybersecurity as a member of the Israeli Defense Force, and Imperva was formed by four or more members of the IDF. From your perspective, what types of cyber attacks have occurred against Israeli government and businesses, websites and systems, and what type of damage has been inflicted? So it's very important to understand that the same attacks that we are seeing in the past few days against government sites in Israel as well as commercial sites in Israel are the same attacks that we are seeing on a daily basis all over the world all the time. We're seeing denial of service attacks. We are seeing many hacktivists trying to deface the front page of web servers. We are seeing attackers trying to launch application layer attacks and grab sensitive information from databases of web applications. And we are seeing that happening on a daily basis all the time, either from hacktivists or criminal groups. We have experienced in the past few days some increase in the volume of these attacks in Israel, but certainly not something that we have not seen before. It's very simple. If you have an unprotected web application, you will suffer the consequences. Um, You will have your front page defaced. Uh, You might have sensitive information like customer data stolen from your database, and we have seen some publications in the last few days indicating that some applications were indeed hacked. I do not know whether there actually had been any successful attack against a government site, and maybe some small unimportant application somewhere, but I don't think that any actual government-related website was indeed hacked. Uh, We do know that some small commercial sites have been suffering at least some downtime uh, in the past few days. But again, this is something that we're seeing in Israel and in other countries, U.S., U.K., and all around the world on a daily basis. You use the term successful attack. How would you define a successful attack? Well, if the attacker is trying to take down your application, then a successful attack is uh, one in which uh, legitimate clients of that application or server are not able to receive service. That's very easy to see. If you are trying to get into customer information from um, a retail application, then a successful attack would be one in which you are actually able to grab sensitive information from the database, Uh, not necessarily by the way publishing it. I think that for most attackers, just getting their hands on on credit card information and being able to then exploit it or getting their hands on um, identity information and using it later for identity testing would be a successful attack. I, I think that for from a hacktivist 
point of view, a successful attack would be being able to publish um, allegedly stolen sensitive information about the the other side. There have been published reports, there has been release of some information from some of these attacks. You don't think these have been damaging at all? Well, again, we are seeing this type of information being published and pasted to various sites on the web on a daily basis. Uh, it comes from retail sites and web applications all over the world uh, over time. And it might have been the case that the information published by the um, alleged hackers is really something that they have recently grabbed from maybe an Israeli uh, site. It might be that they have collected information that contains Israeli email addresses from other hacked applications over the years. You know, if, if someone grabs Facebook credentials, you know, in, in one way or another, then some of them are probably Israeli. If someone grabs um, genome credentials, some of them are probably Israeli. So it might be that this is really a successful attack against an Israeli site. It might be just a collection of Israeli details from other hacks. Of course, you're aware of the uh, series of uh, attacks against uh, American banks in recent uh, months. you see a similarity between what's happening in Israel the past few days and what's been happening to the American banks? I had to guess, I, I'd say that you know, these are, are not similar things. And I think that the scale that we have seen in the attacks against the U.S. banks, I think it was like a month ago, is really very different, uh, different to the point that it suggests uh, some state-sponsored activity. What we are seeing now um, against Israel, well, this is mostly nuisance. I think that the attack that we've seen on American banks a month ago was probably some signal of maybe Cold War going on between you know, U.S., Israel, and, and Iran about, you know, who's uh, able to, to take down who in, in the cyberspace, you know, or some sort of retaliation for the Stuxnet and, and flame uh, malware uh, indicating that the Iranians do have some capabilities. That's a speculation, but I, I do think that these are different things. Besides these hacktivist type of attacks, you don't see any other players or motivations involved uh, in the recent attacks in Israel, such as perhaps coming from Iran or help from Iran? You know, hacktivists had to eat and, and, and drink and, and get their computer equipment from somewhere. They need sponsorship from time to time. Whether this is sponsored by Iranian, it could be. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't look like a state-sponsored, uh, sophisticated attack. I've heard a lot over the past few years that you only can have a cyber war as a component of a kinetic war. And I'm wondering whether you're aware of any kind of offensive steps Israel is taking in cyberspace that sort of supports its defense against the missiles being launched from Gaza. I think that this is one of the things that we sometimes forget about the cyber war and it, that 
it is very asymmetric. States like Israel, like UK, like the US, are much more vulnerable on the defensive side than their opponents. You know, what kind of cyber war would you launch against, you know, a whole hose from Iran that, that shoots a simple, you know, detonated charge? There's no real cyber dependence on the opposition side that, that justifies that. So definitely in terms of eavesdropping, in terms of jamming communication, and, and, and so on, you'll see that. that. That's for sure. Certainly, if you are going against more complex, sophisticated targets like, like you know, Iran's nuclear program, you'd probably be using this kind of techniques. In the current military conflict that we have with Gaza, you know, I don't really see where, where sophisticated cyber war uh, has uh, a real effect. You know, we forget from time to time that uh, the galaxy gets its electric power from Israel. Okay? You don't need to be sophisticated cyber warrior in order to just take off electricity. I don't think that this is one conflict that we would see cyber war really being a part of. In terms of the other side, there's of course the hope for them to, to try and achieve something, whether they have the capability, I doubt that. Whether states like Iran have the capability, they might. Whether there are going to be in, in this conflict, I don't think so. Are there any lessons to be taken away by other organizations around the world, even including other governments and businesses, from the, the, the way uh, Israeli sites have handled these attacks? Well, I think that there are clear lessons. If you look at the list of web servicing applications that have been defaced, for example, and, and those that were under attack but maintained their posture, you can see a clear difference. The first group did not bother to put any real web protection, and the second did. And, and that's as simple as that. If you don't put real web application defenses out there, not just your network firewall or, or you know, install an antivirus and believe that you're protected. If you are not putting real web protection, and, and, and there are tools out there, there are web application firewalls, there are, there are data firewalls out there. If you are not using that kind of right technology, you will be successfully hacked. And the lesson is not only for that point in time where we have a sort of military conflict, as I said earlier. These attacks are occurring all over the world on a daily basis by criminal organizations as well as hacking. So it's a lesson and, then, and a wake-up call for everyone out there with a web presence. This is happening. This is real. And if you don't get real protection, okay, not... not the old 90s simple infrastructure protection. protection. If you don't get your application protection in place, you will be hacked. Thanks, Amichai. It was my pleasure. I have been speaking with Imperva CTO Amichai Shulman for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.